Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey everybody, welcome back to Pure Victory Podcast. We are on a part two of two-part series and journey with Reflection Ministries, sharing about human trafficking and the link to porn and the stories of the people that have been involved in this and are now seeing God work and breaking them free. And if you're listening and you haven't listened to last week, go listen to last week. That was some heavy stuff, but informative stuff. Everybody has to know about sex trafficking. Very powerful. So please go back, listen to that one last week, and then join us in this one. But thank you so much. We have Sammy and Jamie with us today. And uh, Sammy Flock is the prevention director. Sorry, Sammy, did I say that right? Prevention coordinator (laughs) uh, with Reflection Ministries. And then Jamie is a key volunteer and has a heart and a passion for for those involved in human trafficking. Um, And she's she's, um, devoted a lot of her life uh, to this uh, currently and what she's doing. And so we just want to thank you both ladies for being here today again. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. So, Jamie, it's so cool to hear your story. You've since you were a little girl, you always had a heart for for victims, and I love that we actually call them survivors um, because yeah. they are survivors. Yeah, and so it's so cool that now you're working in that. Can you share a little bit about your heart? Definitely, Matt. Well, um, so in 2017, that summer, God really laid down my heart to get help with trafficking victims, pornography, just really kind of put a impact on that world and um and then shoot back to like when I was like 10 I read a biography about in school about Amy Carmichael and she's a missionary that saves uh, little girls in India uh 
from Hindu priests and temples about pr uh, prostituting and selling little girls and raising money for their temple. And so, like, it really put, planted that seed in my heart. And I didn't even realize it until 2017. I was like, oh, God's always had that on my heart. And I always wondered what my calling was. And I really, truly believe it's making an impact on this. And especially when you get to know the survivors, you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, this person is so broken. And, like, God loves us so much. And they don't know that. So, like, we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus and just get to love on where they're at. And it's okay if they're broken. Like, I think that's a lot of people like, oh, I'm broken. I can't get help. But you can. You can definitely get help. You know, Jesus is there no matter what. He sees us in our hot mess, you know, getting over those hurdles. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, like, really cool getting to see all the changes of the of the survivors at the village. Mm. Oh, I'm sure. And thank you for, for putting your hand up to do that because uh, it's important work. You as well, Sammy, um, such important work. Um, and from last week, we were hearing kind of the, the, um, the way that people are groomed and coerced and stuck in this life because of a lot of different varying reasons. But it sounds like a prison of what you described. Like they're stuck in this prison. They don't know how to get out. So we were curious, like, how are these women finding you and how are they breaking free from this life? Because it sounds like this isn't an easy thing. This is a really difficult thing. I feel like there's a lot of like hurdles that they have to go through. They have to go through the hurdle of wanting to change because ha they're going to have to bring up all that trauma and deal with that. Like that's not an easy thing. And some of the stuff that like some of them have dealt with since they were like six or eight or 10 and they're having to bring all that up. That like, that's hard stuff. But anyway, go ahead, Sammy. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think some survivors are going to self-disclose. Maybe they're going to go to a community service organization and they're going to work with an advocate who, you know, is going to help um, locate a program such as ours. Um, I will tell you that I take some of the initial calls um, regarding referrals that we get. Sometimes um, victims will call us directly seeking assistance. Um, I had one um, a young lady from Oregon call and it was a crisis situation. She said that she had told her trafficker she was going to the grocery store. She ended up going to a day shelter in Portland, was looking up resources and programs. She said there was nothing in that area. She came across our program out here in Midland, asked if we could get her um, on a flight and get her out here because she had just been released from the hospital in which her trafficker put her in um, the hospital through um, violence. And so we did, we got her out to our program. And I will tell you this, and the reality is sometimes um, survivors don't end up staying um, for longs for various reasons. Again, that trauma bond, their traffickers told them the only thing they're ever going to be good at is sex. They'll not ever be great at anything else. So again, that gets stuck in their mindset. The statistic is victims will go back to their trafficker on average of seven times before they leave the life for good. Um, again, many reasons for that. Um, but yeah, so they come to us um, from various scenarios. They come to us from all over the states. Um, not just here in West Texas, but we get we get survivors from all over the place. And sometimes it's because they will self-identify to someone 
Um, you know, sometimes it's through law enforcement um, that they are they are brought to us. We've worked with Homeland Security. We've worked with local law enforcement, state law enforcement. So sometimes they're court ordered to be here with us in our program. So their circumstances are all individual and unique. Um, but ultimately, it's getting them here and starting them on that healing journey. And one thing that we've learned is that we're not, you know we can't fix the victims that's that's not our job that's a lord's job first of all but what we can do is walk alongside them and give them supports that they need to be successful to start that healing journey and equip them um, with life skills with education with trauma therapy with going through exploitation curriculum with meeting their medical needs their mental health needs um, you know whatever it is that they need that we're going to walk alongside them provide those things for them so ultimately they can be successful and reintegrate back into society that's that's our goal that's our objective so much of what i hear from you guys is like that's jesus that's exactly what jesus yeah, does Je like it's amazing i mean jesus he would want to heal everybody but we have to make that choice to walk with him too if we don't he just okay if you want to walk away like he's heartbroken i can just i can't imagine actually how heartbreaking that must be to see victims maybe making some progress and then choose to go back up to seven times. That must be heartbreaking. It is. It's hard. But, you know, ultimately, I think, you know, they like you said, they have to want that healing for themselves. They have to want um, better for themselves. And so ultimately, hopefully, you know, they're going to get there. Um, but you know, again, it's, it's Jesus working through them. It's the Lord working through them. And, you know, we, we have provide lots of opportunities to point them to Jesus and through Bible studies, through prayer time with them. Um, that's where our, our volunteers come in and play a huge role, praying over them and, and doing individual Bible studies or group Bible studies and really just pointing them to the Lord. And he, he is the ultimate healer, right? He, mm -hmm. He's the one who can ultimately bring that, that healing for them. And so that's where we want to point them. Um, but all the while meeting those, those um, physical needs and those mental health needs as well, because that's important for their um, walking the healing journey and ultimately being successful. So cool. Yeah, so for cool. sure. For sure. Hey, I, I, I know like it's very common with abuse victims that once like when, when we suppress it or when we're just like numbing ourselves and maybe being abused or acting out or whatever, we can suppress or disassociate from our reality a little bit. But once they actually disclose and they get it out and they have to kind of face it, I know that can be a really, really hard battle for people. And that's with any, any sexual abuse, let alone people who have been in the sex trafficking industry or human trafficking, um, which is another level, especially if they've been there for years. Can you talk a little bit about that? What What's the start of that journey like when you're first starting to walk with someone after they've come into your, into your ministry? Yeah, it really is um, providing that, that individual trauma therapy and working with a trained therapist that's going to walk them through what's happened to them. Um, you know, how do they cope? um, with their feelings and, and with the extensive trauma. And, you know, there are many days that when they finish a therapy session, they are, you know, they are weeping. They are, they are, um, triggered by the things that they've had to talk about and it's giving them that time and that space. And again, just walking alongside them and, and supporting them through that process. But that's where that intensive 
trauma comes into play, that trauma therapy. That's where um, we also do exploitation curriculum with them. What happened to me ending the game? Um, really just walking them through, you know, what happened and how do they end that game permanently and, and not return back to that life and not return back to that trafficker. So going through those cur that curriculum with them as well. Um, but really just, just being there for them, supporting them, walking alongside them, um, being an ear to listen, um, you know, on those tough days, on those tough moments, because really with every survivor that we have, it's, it's, it's day to day, it's moment to moment of, you know, where they're going to be emotionally, um, just in, in, in their trauma. And so it's just kind of holding their hand and walking, walking through, you know, walking through it with them and, and pointing them to the Lord and, um, investing in, in them that way. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's, I love what you said, you're journeying with them. You're, you're walking through this, this with them. Um, and, and so Jamie, I, I'm curious, um, maybe flesh that out for us. You, you've talked with some of these, these women and you've, yes. you've lived life with them. So share some stories of, of what you've seen God do and, and what that looks like. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like I do game nights or movie nights. So once a month I go out there and just hang out with them. I want them to know what a healthy relationship looks like without, oh, hey, you need to owe me this. You owe me this. So I'm trying to start to build that trust with just people and get that. But um, yeah, I've had, I mean, I've been doing this for three and a half years. I have so many stories and so many that like have graduated the program and just meeting them at the beginning to like the end and them going to cosmetology school and going and and really wanting that life of freedom and uh it's just a beautiful process because you see them where you know they come in they're defeated and then you start to each month you see them you start to like they start to want to like hug you and talk to you when you're like when I first met you you didn't even want to look at me um and so and then talking about like with one um she was like, I accepted Jesus in my heart. And like that, like right there, that's what I, why I do this. Um, is because you get to be, again, just loving on them. And like God loves us in our mess. And that's what he wants us to do with them. And, um, and so that's been a really cool uh, journey. But it's just, you get to meet all kinds of them. You'll get to meet ones that are court ordered and they don't want to be there. So you have to like want to make them feel welcomed, but then you also have to like, there's other people that are like accepted Jesus and want to on the track of freedom. So it's kind of interesting sometimes for our game fights and movie nights is to get them to like, just kind of feel comfortable. I just want them to feel comfortable. If they want to open up, they can, um, you know, they don't even have to come. I tell them, if you don't want to come, if you're feeling like a triggered day, emotional day, don't come. Like, I want you to feel welcome and home and just, you know, open. I'm like, there's ju no judgment here. <laughs> I have days that I don't want to see people either. <laughs> so, like, it's just, it's just, like, there's just so many that, like, you see that, and they're, like, young. They're, like, from, like, one, I think, Sammy, I think it was a six-year-old that we had, or not at the time, but she was trafficked when she was six. And then we've had him to the age of, I think, 50s, mid-50s, I want to say. And so, like, that just blows my mind that, like, it's that big of a gap. Um, 
And so you'll you'll have ones that are like super teenagers, then you'll have some that are older, like adults that have kids. And so it's kind of interesting. I just try to be the fun Jamie and like, I don't even necessarily talk about Jesus sometimes. Like I try and if the atmosphere is right, it, I like, I talk about Jesus. I ask for like, do they have prayer requests? I pray over them. Um, but it's really just kind of being the flow of what they want and what the vibes they're giving me and just loving on them. Like this might be the only time during reflections that they hear of Jesus. And so that's what I just, my job is just to plant those seeds and to plant the seeds of love. Uh, and so I, I kind of take it very personal and very, um, it's my job, it's my mandate, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so and one day I hope to see a lot of these girls in heaven on the eternity side. I, I see very much on trying to get them into heaven. Yeah. I was just going to say, and we're so thankful for our volunteers like Jamie, who really do pour into the ministry and invest in the lives of our survivors. And honestly, we couldn't do it without our volunteers. Um, you know, they are, they are amazing. And I, you know, I love what, what Jamie said that, you know, there are times that I can have conversations about Jesus and, and have my prayer time with him. And there are times that she's very discerning. And so she's, you know, really just kind of reading the room. Is it appropriate? Um, and she kind of lets the the survivors dictate those conversations and those moments. And, and I love that she said that. And, um, so we're just so thankful for our volunteers, Jamie, and, and all the other individuals who have really poured into our organization, our ministry. And what, again, we just simply could not do it without them. And so very thankful um, for all those who invest in our survivors. I believe that. Yeah, both of you and everybody else with Reflection has such an important, vital role in their healing and recovery. And last week you were talking, um, Sammy, about the the vulnerabilities that traffickers look for in their in their victims and so there's dysfunctional homes or people in the foster system and so what i'm hearing from you jamie is that you're connecting with them and it's a no strings attached relationship you just want to love them and get nothing in return and that might be i would assume the first time that a lot of them have had that at least in a long time but you're talking about these young young like a six-year-old yeah yeah like yeah well she was trafficked at six yeah he was older uh and so but there's like, I mean, we've had 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, like we've had every age. And yeah. so, and that's like, you know, and some of the stuff I might not get to see where they're at later in life. And so I'm like, I only have this time with them. Right. I might even have one night because some of them go off to either a different program or they go back to home or I might only see them one or two times or other ones I, I see for like a year. Um, and so I'm like, I really take it very literal that I only have tonight with them. So like, how can I portray cool. Jesus to them? That's cool. Mm-hmm. And are, are yeah, so a lot of them, oh, sorry, I, I just was going to ask, are like, when you talk about these young kids, like under 18 or the one who was six yeah. when she was trafficked, the first place my mind goes is, oh, do you interact, like, do you help their parents and their families too? But then I think, wait a second, a lot of them probably come from broken homes. And so is yeah. that the truth? Is that the high majority of these women come from broken homes and don't have a support yeah. system? Definitely, definitely come from broken homes. One of the girls told me that her parents sold her for drug money. And so I was like, what? Like, did you just say that? Uh, 
she's like, yeah, they sold me for drug money. So it's definitely from, they come from very much broken homes or maybe living with a grandparent. Um, so yeah, very much from a vulnerable spot. Mm. Yeah. And just to piggyback off Jamie, um, what she's talking about, you know, our survivor was sold by her parents. That's familial trafficking. That is um, the 46% of trafficking victims are involved in familial trafficking. Um, that's the biggest form of trafficking here in our area in West Texas. Um, the, and one of the major reasons is because of the opiate and drug crisis. So, you know, uh, if I'm severely addicted to substances, the only thing I care about is getting my next fix. So, you know, you, in those type of circumstances, 60% of the time, it's the moms being the pimps that are selling their children to sustain those drug habits. Um, we do, you know, at Reflection, we do take 17 and older, um, but a lot of our victims, a lot of our survivors that come to us, they were trafficked when they were six or when they were 15, um, you know, and a lot of them get stuck at that age because that's that where that trauma started and they yeah. get stuck in that trauma right. at that age. Some of our, our victims do act like little kids. Some of them act like they're stuck in their teenage years. Some of, you know, and some of them are older, um, but it's because that's where that trauma happened and they just get kind of get stuck there. Um, so. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible to hear that. Um, and it, it just makes me wonder because it, it, these are miracles that are happening when maybe trust is built because how could someone trust another human when their, their mom or their dad sold them into slavery. I mean, I couldn't imagine. So, you know, share some of those moments like where you've seen those that that gap bridged by God where they connect and they want to build trust and they have um a desire to do that. I mean, that just must be such an amazing moment because that's a miracle. Yeah, definitely. Well, like this one lady that came in when she first came, she can't even look at me and all that. And then a couple months later, she was like talking to me. She was showing me pictures of her family. Um, and then later on, a couple more months, she was like showing me belt buckles she had been in a rodeo. And so she was showing me, oh, I want this for this and this for this. And then even I think a month later, it was like, oh, I gave this to somebody in the program. And I was like her belt buckle. That, like that's a trophy to her. And so wow. like the beauty I've seen her open up and just um, like, I guess, embrace the healing journey was really cool to see. And like this last week, she's been on my mind a lot. And so I've been praying for her and just because when once they're done the program or leave, like they can't have connection with me for just, you know, privacy rights and reflection stuff. Um, and so I don't I don't know. I'm, I will probably never see them again in my lifetime. And so like just to really embrace her journey was really cool to see. Yeah, I would say that um, Lisa Bounds, our founder and, and CEO, um, she's very intentional about everything we do in this organization, starting with the way that the um, cottages are designed out of our village, out of our village where they reside, um, to um, our interactions uh, with the survivors, um, building that trust, that foundation with them. Um, she has designed everything to be so intentional in their, you know, staff training on how to provide trauma-informed practices for not only our staff, but for volunteers as well. So I, I, I just love that um, how she established kind of the foundation of our organization to really be trust-based, to be trauma-informed. 
and uh, just with the intentionality of, of how she designed everything and um, you it's know, very very pretty. It's yeah. very pretty and very like peaceful. Mm. Cool, mm. cool. That's a good place for them to come to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, it is, and it's it's wonderful to hear um, that there is a place that um, these women can go. Um, and I'm just curious for all of those listening out there right now, um, and even for understanding for us as the broader Big C Church. What are some things that we should be aware of that we can do maybe um, to to start to see some of these areas um, just have the light of Jesus shine forth in? Like, what are some things that we can do? I know that often <laughs> the individual out there has doesn't have connections here, but what can we do as a church and as uh, individuals to, to to just bring some some kind of movement in this area in whatever sphere we're in? I think, honestly, for me, it's it's for people to be informed on human trafficking, what it entails, what it looks like, kind of doing away with some of those misconceptions of, oh, it's always kidnapping and abduction, which we know that it, it can happen that way, I'm not saying, but that's the least likely way. But just really being informed, because I think the more informed our communities are, the safer they become. Um, I think it honestly, it, it's praying that there would be a, you know, revolution in not just here in the U.S. and Canada and, and across the world um, for us to really just to address pornography, um, to, you know, understand that it is such a destructive force in our communities and in society. And we have to change those notions out there that viewing pornography will satisfy sexual desires, that um, the consumption of it is harmless, um, that you know, those involved in its production are there by choice. We have to do away with those notions across all societies. Again, if we're going to make, a, a, you know, a strides towards ending trafficking, we've got to end pornography. And I think it's changing those notions. It's informing communities. It's informing the public. Um, it's educating. It starts with, I think, educating young people. You know, it's it's really educating on sex education so that they're not tor- turning to pornography to, you know, gain insight or to be educated on it. It's having conversations on violence, on um, consent, on the grooming process, on boundaries. Um, and I, so I think it starts there. And I, ultimately, I think it, it goes to prayer, you know, really just praying over you know, our world and, and all the, the atrocities that are happening just, you know, from pornography and trafficking and, and everything else that's so dark and, you know, that Satan just wants to um, have have a holdover and, and, and wants people to have a holdover so that, you know, he can manipulate and lie and, and ruin lives and turn people away from the Lord. And so, I mean, I, you know, obviously I think prayer would be first, but then really just um, the other things, education and informing communities. Um, yeah. on, on the, the dangers of trafficking and, and how pornography just plays the biggest role in it. Yeah, it's huge. I know there's one of our, one of our donors actually to our, to our ministry, she's big into advocating and doing things for sex trafficking. And she had a, a, a dream or a vision, I forget from the Lord, just in prayer one time. And it was this big, big, big tower it was, or not tower. It was an idol, like a, I don't know, 20, 50 foot. Right idol and um and then she saw it being hammered out from the feet and so the feet were getting hammered out and then the whole thing collapsed and so what the lord was saying to her was if we don't deal with pornography which is the foundation to this the whole thing is going to stand but if we deal with porn the whole thing can fall 
That was, oh, she was like, whoa, the tie-in between porn and sex trafficking gave her a, a, a big, better understanding. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I love that. And that, I mean, she's exactly right. If you can knock the feet out from under it, then, you know, we, we have a, a good chance to um, overcome, you know, against sex trafficking. But, mm. uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, our, our societies are being trained to think that violent, disturbing pornography is sexually acceptable behavior. Right. And as long as that is out there, an enormous clientele for traffickers being created every day in homes and college dorms and apartments across, across the world, really. Yeah. Not just the U.S. or Canada. Right, right. Well, and the work that you guys are, are doing um, is, I think, so informative for us, but it's so needed. And um, for all of you listening out there, um, when we move in freedom away from things like pornography, we're taking part not only in the work that God's doing in our own personal life, but you're not consuming something anymore that is fueling this. Um, you are now working against that. And I think that's a great vision for anybody out there to understand that when we're not consuming this, when we're free, we're moving in sobriety and freedom and health and growth. Um, we are now an actor against this in so many ways. God's using us in powerful and profound ways and in building awareness as well too, to these issues. Um, we can be more apt and ready and able to do that and have better understanding because we're, we're out of that. Um, so that's so powerful. Um, where, um, ladies, can we find Reflection Ministries? Like, What's your website? What are some ways that people can get connected to you? Yeah, Reflection Ministries of Texas. That's the, the website. So right. Reflection Ministries of Texas, you can go there and um, find all kinds of information as far as the services we provide. There's, uh, if you're interested in volunteering with our organization, uh, you can um, get signed up with that on there. Uh, there's a referral form for victims um to get uh, connected with us um yeah so lots of great things on our website there's some statistics um you know again my job is to go out and educate the community the public on sex trafficking who's involved what it entails what are the indicators of victims um you know what do you do if you suspect an individual's being trafficked um so you can request a speaker we go out and we try to educate as many people in the community as we can um again just so our communities become safer Amazing, amazing. So reflectionministriestx.org is the website. And uh, yeah, like Sammy said, go there and there's tons of information. Um, and if this is on your heart and you're out there listening, just, yeah, see see what's on their site. Get educated and pray about what you can do. This is a this is a Goliath, but Goliaths have fallen before. So the Lord, uh, the battle is the Lord's and he can do a good work. You guys, this has been so amazing hearing your guys' hearts and what you guys are doing Sammy and Jamie, thank you so much for sharing and for uh, and for the work that you're doing, not just for this episode, but more so the work that you're doing in these ladies' lives. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, our time with you is coming to an end. For all of you out there listening, let's pray. Let's pray into this. Let's pray against what is happening here. I think as a church, that's an area that we can really pick up that mantle, and we should be, and in our own personal lives as well, becoming aware um, becoming educated in these areas and have some understanding. And so we can spread that word and, and just mobilize in those ways. And, and we know God's doing an incredible work here. And, um, and so we're so thankful for ministries like Reflection that are highlighting that. So glad to be here again with all of you out there listening. And we're praying for you and we're in your corner and we're thankful that you're on this journey with us. So thanks again and we'll check in with you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. 
This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.